This is JFM Podcast. Hello there, very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jones. My name is Ponsak Fanab. Jumad Karim, Jumad Mubarak to you and yours. I pray that Allah will accept all of your supplications uh, now and always. Gilbert, uh, good evening. Good evening, Ponsak. Yes, you captured it fully. Uh, mm. It's Jumad, it's Friday. Yeah. Yeah, and um, what a way to kickstart the weekend with some word of prayer from our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, Gilbert, what stories have... Uh, have you glued to your phone? Yeah. Um, let me reference my landlord once again, Mr. Samuel Nya. Okay. I just woke up yesterday, you know, and I was trying to tidy a few things before getting to work. I said, good morning, sir. I said, what stories are you following? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the aftermath of the presidential elections and some of the verdicts we have seen in court by the five judges is continuing to generate reactions but i'd like us to look at um, a different aspect from what we you know did yesterday it's the effect that some of Atiku's strong men appear to have shifted camp or shifted position mm. despite his insistence to head to the supreme court you know for further redress um and one of such is ben murray i was reading you know, even Daily Momodo. Yes, Daily Momodo, as well as Reno Mokri, mm-hmm. even though he's always been inconsistent. That's the only consistency, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that Reno Mokri has exhibited. So one begs the question where the loyalty of people lie, you know, and it's what, money. yes, and what magic power does. In the end, um, I'm afraid you can't even trust your family members when it comes to political issues. Because everybody considers their interests first. And for me, that left a lot of contemplation to do, uh, especially with regards to the Wazir in Adama and his decision to further that cause. Um, life isn't fair and politics isn't fair. Otherwise, I think Atiku has been one of the most dogged politicians mm. in our national history. You know, he's been determined, like former President Muhammadu Buhari, Buhari, to become president of this country. But Fate hasn't willed for him to do that. I think that's the only area I sympathize with him. But there are a lesson, there's a lesson or two to learn from um, the path that Atiku Abubakar has taken all along his political career. And that's the effect that you don't have to say never. Mm-hmm. Or like they say, never say never. For me, uh, it's when we anchor our politics and values, you know, uh, I think that we may not even be on the path uh, of making any meaningful progress as a society. Uh, politics should be about values. And uh, someone I respect in Plato State uh, for his consistency, I mean, is the present chairman of the APC, that is uh, Honorable Rufus Baturi. He hasn't shifted ground, you know. Uh, he has been very, very consistent when it comes to maintaining one party. I mean... He has that going for him. I don't know whether it's coming from his firm beliefs, you know, as a politician or uh, uh, for whatever reason. But 
For me, that consistency is a mark of a true politician and even a decent human being. You shouldn't say white in the morning and change it to be black in the afternoon and then it's purple, you know, in the night or in the evening. Uh, that is not... I, I want people who are very consistent, you know. I don't want, you know, someone that uh, you doubt. Uh, you doubt, you know, his loyalty. And, and for me, the question that I keep asking is that why do these politicians, every campaign, you know, you keep seeing the likes of Dele Momodu speaking for a presidential candidate, Reno Mokri, you know, keeps speaking for... Pre but just when they lose out or the victory of the election doesn't go their way, they shift grounds. You know, the question, that's a question that uh, I've been asking. And Gilbert, it just goes to show you the quality of uh, politicians that we have. Uh, I think I was reading this morning that uh, that if... The, if politicians um, play politics with even these things like the economy, uh, the I've forgotten how you know this author put it, but it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's about you know uh, politics and the economy. That if the political class you know jeopardize or make economy revolve around them, uh, then they are not you know really working for the people. And if you are a politician, you are working for the you are you have chosen. To serve the people, but in Nigeria, reverse is the case. And the question I, you know, not question, what keeps bothering me is that these are the people that, you know, claim to be very enlightened. Uh, they've lived, you know, abroad. Uh, they understand, you know, all the human cultures and human values and how democratic society works. But if they come to Nigeria, it's like they take off the reasoning hat sure. and just throw it, you know, to uh, through the window. Sure. Very sure. unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And you, you made a point so profound, you know, in the area of the economy. Mm. Um, people are fond of saying government has no business in business, you know, and this this rings true with some of the things that you have said. Certain people, for example, former Cardinal State Governor Nasir El Rufai, has championed the cause for government to be in business. And his reason is to the effect that if things are properly managed, then government will give people enough reason to see why it has to be in business. Yeah. But in this case, we see government just throwing itself into business, into economy. Mm -hmm. And then it's about building one person that can connect the lines mm -hmm. for people in power, people in government, and the economy. And then the other side of the pyramid or the pillar is missing. And that's, you know, the masses who contribute immensely to the growth of the economy. So the balance and the energy they receive between government, you know, and the middlemen who interface between government and supposedly the people aren't so inclined to boosting the economy of the people. Mm. And so, you know, people at the lower tier of society can get to benefit. And it's really pathetic. It is. Because uh, we can begin to count. We can begin to name names. Because in the course of my interaction with you, I mean, we have done this. You have people who supposedly appear to be entrepreneurs, who appear to be so successful in business and in the area of the economy, only for you to find that they're being watered by heavy politicians around town, around the country. So it's really sad that our narrative has taken this um, pattern. Eventually, I don't know how we'll do it, but with intent, clear intent and purpose. Um, the worry, again, is the fact that government would want to inject monies to the economy, to SMEs, 
And then in the end, it's not well thought out, or there is so much insincerity, and it's shrouded in so much naughty, you know, frameworks that you can't talk about. I mean, the word is just, you know, insincerity. That's just, simple. you know, that's just uh, simple. Uh, the simple word there. Well, uh, people are be, uh, reacting, you know, to the electoral, uh, the president the outcome, you know, the verdict of the uh, presidential election petition tribunal. But, you know, I've said it yesterday that the only window that he have is, you know, Supreme Court. Uh, if they go to this appeal to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court is the final boss stop, you know. And I'm thankful that Atikul and... Obi. Peter Obi has said that you know they are approaching the Supreme Court, but one has to really uh, check the quality of lawyers you know that you hire. Uh, I think I'm beginning to understand that it's not about you know being regarded as an SAN, you know, but it's about the quality of uh, your judgment, you know, as relate any matter brought before you, uh, for you to say, okay, how can I best argue, you know, this. Uh, that is, you know, I think that is that is the sum of a lawyer's job. And in Plato said on Monday, uh, I think the governorship election, they will yes, coming Monday, final, final address, yeah, final mm. argument. Mm. They are allowed to give mm. their final argument, sure. and then before, yeah. I mean, how are you looking? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be really interesting. But the frameworks are so clear, Posak. And if we cast our minds back to some of the judgments that have been passed, and we see we are. Uh, the opposition and people that have taken um, the governor himself to court are basing their arguments, their logic. And you saw that pan out again in the case of the APM mm. versus um, the APC and the vice president. I'm talking about Kashim Shetima. You saw what happened. And it's crystal clear that you can't interfere in the political activities of another political party especially if you aren't a member of that political party and if you did not contest an election with the individual. Hmm. So you might be a member of the party, but much as you did not contest with him, you don't have the local standing to file any challenge in court. So we have seen that. And a host of other people, um, I mean, issues of irregularities, Mm -hmm. hard to prove, regardless of how much you think it's been perpetrated, and this is where the worry should be for all of us, Ponsak. Uh, it then goes to show that, regardless of how you win, yeah. in the end, the burden of proof that rests on you know your opponent is going to be a, a Herculean task. True, and well, Wiki uh, was saying, uh, making comment about <laughs> the uh, verdict. He said, if Peter Obi had okay, when that when the court you know upheld that Peter Obi was the uh, rightful winner of Anambra <laughs> yes, State. I mean, Peter will be lauded, you know, the, the judiciary. <laughs> but now that, you know, the judgment is not in his favor, he's uh, criticizing the judiciary. But, I mean, those are just banters, you yeah. know, from uh, politicians. Absolutely. But, uh, well, the National Assembly uh, Tribunal yeah. in some states are Kogi, really Benue, interesting. Delta. Yeah, really, you really You could see how these things are swinging. Yeah. And, Ponsak, so I does, like, does it mean that Law, it's easy for a lawyer to prove uh, election, you know, senatorial district election or national, basically national assembly election, yes. than a presidential or governorship. Yes. yes, if you look at the width or the size of um, the senatorial districts that we have, or even a state assembly election, for example, how many polling units 
those elections were conducted could make the job relatively easy. Yeah. And especially if the politicians are smart enough to have foreseen that, look, some irregularities would take place. So let's be on our toes. I think that's what really matters. And again, I was trying to just chip in that INEC, INEC must, must save us. Some of these issues of um, the tenure of offices of people, lawmakers being truncated. Because if they are done a thorough job, Perhaps those who won would remain the winners of those elections, mm. you know. But the fact that people are living in uncertainty, I'm the senator today, just in the twinkle of an eye, I'm no longer the senator. And the people would have at least started approaching these individuals to say, look, these are our needs. If you can help to meet them, it means there's going to be some form of recalibration, mm. you know. So INEC has to do a thorough job. Yeah. They have to. Well, they have to. And our democracy is a work in progress. But uh, just like uh, INE will say that uh, they are consolidating Nigeria's democracy. So what we have against uh, the conversation is going to take you know, a different tone uh, this evening. Uh, we have an artist. Uh, I mean, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Gilbert, do you, have you ever wondered why we don't have monument? And, I mean, when the Black Lives Matter uh, protests, you know, happened in the UK, mm-hmm. one US. thing, and you was in yeah, UK, yeah. one thing that the young people, you know, demanded was that some monument that represented, you know, the dark past and dark history of those uh, societies be brought down. Uh, and some of them, you know, were brought down. Uh, but for me, it didn't make any sense, sense. or mm-hmm. logic to me because, I mean, every society has its own dark past. And uh, it's, it's the mixture of both, you know, uh, that informs, you know, the story of society is about, you know, that past and, you know, the better, I would say, the bright uh, future or present, if you uh, want. But in Plato, in Jaws, for example, we don't have uh, monument. When I was growing up, there used to be, you know, some more. I, I still remember where uh, there are some monuments, but for whatever reason, you know, the issue of worldview is very strong. Uh, people will say that. Uh, witches and wizards use, you know, this monument, the enter you know, in Africa our animistic worldview is really getting in the way of progress. Why will you see something as beautiful, you know, as a monument or uh artistic work and then you con- conclude that no demons, you know, enter these things and then they cause chaos in the night. Have you seen it before? They will say no. How do you know? They will say, I hackane who told you? You know, people need to probe deep. And monuments really beautify a, a city. True. And it is there that people know, you know, where they are coming from uh, and their art. Uh, yesterday was September 7. Mm. Imagine they have a monument. You know, said government will say, okay, here's like a, like in Rwanda. Rwanda yeah. ge- genocide. You know, they have a museum True. where people will just go and... You can take your kids to say, look, this is our foolish past as a people. September 11 again in the U.S. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At ground zero. Mm-hmm. This is our foolish past. You know, it's, it will serve as an inspiration to the younger generation for them to say, we shouldn't do the things that our parents did because our parents didn't really listen to each other. And look at, you know, uh, where our parents did not make much of a progress. But there's some, there should be something visual. You know, that kids and people, yeah, it's our story. And we shouldn't, you know, be ashamed of telling our story. We have the artist, uh, Mr. Ephraim Dankes is here with us. Uh, He's a 
artistic person. is an all-round out. Say good evening. Thank you very much for coming, sir. Good evening, Ponsak Fanap and Gilbert. Well, thank you for uh, coming. Uh, let me ask you, that, what is art to you? What is, you know, art? Mm, I actually suspected and expected this, this question. <laughs> okay. And, and I'm happy uh, to meet your we, expectation. We, sometimes we assume that um, the next thing you ask uh, an artist, what is art, he will begin to look for a definition, you know, and trying to give you something, has something that convinces. Uh, but to a layman, an artist is someone who draws, who mm -hmm. skates, and who makes some visual or uh, drawing expressions to either mimic what he sees or mimic an imagination and so on and so forth. Art is, we have art, we have fine arts, we have visual arts, we mm. have performance art, mm. we have uh, literature art, and we have art as a word in English, uh, which means uh, the nature of a people, what people do, uh, a culture of a people, how they do it. But generally, it is an expression of the creative mindset of an individual in several uh, patterns and several ways, which includes the the act of either drawing or using colors to paint or producing something that is visually appealing mm. uh, using several uh, materials or several equipments you know, to making a statement, mm -hmm. a statement of artistic appreciation or a statement of what the person feels or a statement of a society or how uh, someone thinks that something should be uh, made, mm -hmm. you know, to make an interpretation of what he thinks. Uh, art, like culture, how we defined it in, in secondary school, this way of life. Of way people. of life is mm. a way of life of people. So they will say, this is their art. Mm -hmm. And so what is the art? This is what they do. This is their memory. This is what they reproduce or produce. This is the way they produce it. This is a tradition. This is how we do things. So art can also be how you do a certain thing because you do it from an imagination and then you express it. Yeah. And so sometimes the expressions can be visually seen or can be felt, whether in an abstract form, like they'll say love is abstract. You can mm -hmm. you can see it but you can touch it. Immaterial. Or yes, immaterial. Or they'll tell you it is a physical thing. You can touch it, you can feel, feel it. it yeah. uh -huh. Then they can also say it's um is utilitarian so it is what can be used for either domestic functions and so on like you have in ceramic cups mm -hmm. and fabrics where you wear clothes mm -hmm. on yourself and the rest of them okay. so art is all encompassing yeah well uh that is a very broad and diverse uh interesting explanation do you do you think we in plato state don't appreciate aesthetics do you because even in the government house yeah the government house jones the there isn't any symbol of monument that will 
represent our collective identity as a people. And any time, you know, uh, I think we were there when uh, you were two, two days, days ago. ago. Yeah, uh, two days. You know, I, I, is it that you know our leaders here in Plato don't appreciate? aesthetics or they don't have the idea or is it coming from you know society so, society or worldview uh because the arts that uh, we have is more m mostly you know uh, they call it idolatry you know mm. uh some realism art you know and they'll say there's a deity there's a god uh is it coming from a worldview that we don't appreciate you know some of this beauty well art Art transcends life. Art is as old as mankind. Art is, um, apart from God, art is, one, sometimes you are tempted to say art is self-existing in the sense that from the time man was created, if you want to go back to the religious function, mm. man was given a responsibility. And when man fell from the garden, he looked for fig leaves to seal cloth for himself that is art that is functional art something creative so maybe from that time life began or art began to exist or maybe the art of tending after the garden now if you come to the story of the prehistoric man mm -hmm. known as the paleolithic man yeah, paleolithic. you will begin to see that the art of that man had been existing for certain purposes. The prehistoric man didn't go to school. He lived in caves. And then they would tell you that it was an ice period. So the, he needed to shelter himself. And where he was, he needed somewhere to keep him warm, away from the, the harsh weather. Where he lived in the caves, he had inscriptions of of the neighboring uh, living organisms, mm -hmm. let's say animals that he had lived with, mm -hmm. sketched on, on the walls of the caves, mm -hmm. probably for a reminder or to keep him informed that he wasn't alone, or to also keep him informed that he had embedded in him some creative skills that could be interpreted on a surface. So on the plateau, for instance, the society appreciates art, but to what extent? The, the, um, and even if you go to people's homes, you don't see paintings on the wall, you don't see uh, maybe work of art. These are know. the challenges. This is it that we are poor, we can afford it, or I, I, I don't know, or it's coming from our worldview? Okay, um, let, let me say it this way. The artists and his work are generally appreciated. We are coming from this background that gives us a sense of feeling that art, the work, any work of art can be very expensive. So the next person you meet about art, he will tell you, this art is good, but I cannot afford it. Coming to government stance, Plato is the home of peace and tourism. Mm -hmm. Plato has one of the most beautiful scenic embellishments and endowments in the whole of Nigeria. I've been to so many states in Nigeria and I've seen the breathtaking landscapes, you know, all around Nigeria. But Plato has a very unique, maybe because of its location mm -hmm. on the, the plateau, plateau, on the peaks. Yes. Uh, one of the places too is Taraba. 
Gembu, for instance, where we, have the where, yeah, where we have the, the Mambila. But Plateau has a unique setting. And for the Plateau man to, to feast on this gift that nature has bestowed to us, we must recollect our people's mandate of artistic embellishment. Appreciated to, and beauty. To appreciate all these things that has been there. I will also tell you very confidently that Plato has a collection of most very talented artists in North Central Nigeria or in Middle Belt. We have the painters, we have the carvers, we have the sculptors, we have ceramic artists, we have textile designers, then we have the creative industry, the entertainment, all in comparison. We we have not had in a very long time a platform, a regulatory system that can harness this. Because if there is a regulation, for instance, yeah, we're going to talk about mm -hmm. that. Uh, so, but so, so the art, for instance, you mentioned uh, you went to government house, for instance. There's we, no we, we, there's we, no... we need a monument. Uh, a recollection of our history. Yeah, identity. And, you know, the governor... It is an identity yeah, of a people. Governor Mutfang always said that uh, he's here to protect our heritage. Now, that and is for me, I, I, I want to see a visual representation of what that of heritage, such heritage. You, you yes. know, means. So that uh, if I have kids, uh, you know, I'll take them there to say, oh, well, you're from Plato, and this is a visual representation of who we are as a people. And... The all of the struggles that we've been through as a sure, people. Sure, sure. You you mentioned two thousand and one mm -hmm. crisis. I was I was I barely left just that that day, or I think a day before. Then the crisis began. I was schooling in Ebu's area, and so that happened. So I probably would have been caught up in mm. in in the in the crisis. Now, we would have had afterwards something to represent. That some time ago, 23 or 22 years ago, there was a crisis in Jaws. And this is a representation of how terrible it was, for instance. It will tell a story to the people that it was a bad one. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Tutsi, the issue mm -hmm. of the Tutsi and the Hutus, Hutus yeah. in, um, Rwanda. in Rwanda. It was, it was a gory side. And someone that is representing the history of the Hutu and the Tutsi story is the Paul Kagame himself because he was part of the persons who fought to stall this war and today he is making a very very gigantic transformation in Rwanda mm -hmm. trying to make people forget about the past but you have a test of what the past looks like yeah. so you wouldn't want to repeat it so if we had a monument for instance on the plateau we would have had a monument to represent this and then another monument to represent peace mm -hmm. You can you can create a structure, a monument of an artistic representation of war that is being impeded. So you have, for instance, you have a man with a gun that the nozzles have been downed mm -hmm. or the muzzles have been rolled over, meaning that no more war on mm -hmm. the plateau. Plateau is for peace. And we have structures that represent peace. We can do them. Okay. But do you think development is threatening, you know, some of this? Because I, I give an example. 
I am very sure you remember how Secretary Junction used to be. Yes, the beautiful very, water, very clear, the waterfall. Yeah, and if you are going, if you're driving down to Secretary Junction, you know, to your left, that is if you're driving down, uh, the famous house of uh, Lady Colonel Walby. Yeah, and the drummers, the sculptor, yeah, the sculptor pieces. Yeah, uh, when I was a kid, I never knew, you know, it's, I admired it, you know, but it was when I grew older that I knew that, okay, this man is actually saying that I'm Mangas. Yeah. And this is my culture, you know, this is how my people play the drums mm. uh, with, you know, the representation. And that really, you know, uh, caught me. Does development affect, you know, uh, this visual uh, sculpting or art, you know, in general? Because, uh, I mean, instead of the waterfall, we have a bridge now. Mm. Uh-huh. So this is, you know, some of the things. Yeah. Development is expansion, right? Yes. Development is expansion. And uh, those in forestry or tree planting campaigns will tell you that if you're bringing, bringing down a tree, you must plant at least one. Mm-hmm. So that in the next future, nearest future, we can have uh, a replacement for mm-hmm. this. For, for, for me... Development is a welcome idea. The overhead bridge is functional, very uh, functional, yeah, very, very functional. Absolutely. Have you imagined? Have you imagined creating a waterfall under the bridge? I mean, that will be beautiful. Because and the, then the, when it's night, you know the when it's when just, it's night, it's lights, that yeah. is that is purely an a collection of aesthetic appreciation, beauty appeals to the sense of sight. Yes. If you have under the bridge and either a collection of a waterfall or certain monuments, sculptural or sculpture pieces are erected to engage people that come around to see what is happening. There are other areas where we can replicate or reproduce a water fountain or a waterfall a replication of what was there before or something much better. If you are bringing down one, you are creating a space for another. For instance, you can't destroy an art piece if it can be shifted and moved to another place. Mm-hmm. If you are bringing down a sculpture piece somewhere, just like it was erected and installed, it can also be replaced or shifted to yeah. another place <laughs> so that in this when development is coming there are experts in the field of art that can give you expert um Opinion, counsels, yeah. opinions <laughs> what do we do about this uh look at it from this point and from the other point and then when i say okay from point a b c z this is how this thing can be done uh because art is a way of preserving and promoting a culture of a people. Mm-hmm. And and uh, before Gilbert will come in, uh, people always uh, romanticize and idolize uh, the late J.D. Gomwalk. But I don't know, I, I don't know why is it that the state government hasn't commissioned an artist, maybe a sculptor to sculpt, you know, J.D. Gomwalk uh, in a very, very visible place. So that if people coming into a, a society, they will yeah. know that indeed, you know, this you person, can, you can we really revere him. Yeah, we revere him. Because there was a question, there's going to be a question, what sculpture piece is this? Yeah. 
And yeah, then someone, can, someone will have to give you an interpretation. Story, yes. This is a story because art is a story of a people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all of the people, the great people that have served our state, I think that we're not immortalizing them, you know, uh, very well. It's not only naming a building after them or naming roads after them. You know, we should see visual representation, you know, sculpture to say. Uh, for me, I want, you know, to maybe take children to uh, the sculpture of... Uh, J.D. Gomwaka, yeah. do you know this guy was a police officer, graduated first class. Uh, he was the one who brought University of Jaws. He built this, he did this, he did that. The famous secretariat. Yeah, so I think that he's going to inspire young people to say, you know what, if I grow up, I would like to serve you know, my society just like J.D. Gomwaka. Why, why? I mean, why? <laughs> Fanab, your, your, your concerns are just like mine. I have several of these thoughts. And uh, I am an artist. I'm a painter. I'm also a theater artist. Mm, yeah, of course. So yeah. I'm a performer. So mm. I also act on stage. And incidentally, I have, Luca Bento, I, have, I, mean. I, have, I have degrees in them. Luca Bento, yes. Luca Bento, the famous Luca Bento, the first professor of art in northern, northern Nigeria. Mm. I'm from Plata State, uh, who has groomed a lot of us and we grew up to like him. Uh, it's all about interest again. And leadership, yeah, leadership, leadership. Because if the leadership decides that we want to do this, it's just to put a call through. Who are the artists? Okay, let me give you an instance of something that happened. Uh, recently, we had we had um, a logo, a Plateau State logo that was um, that was commissioned. Uh, I think late last year or so. The, the logo would have made a lot of sense, but it appeared to me as if they rushed to produce the logo. We have the we have two professors of graphic designs in Plateau State, Ebuzaria. We have several artists who graduated from Amadou University Zaria who read graphics. We also have graphics. Why are you particular Ebi. about Ebuzaria? I, 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 I want to mention University of Joss. <laughs> we have University of Joss, we have FC Panshin, we have College of Education Gendry, and then we have these people could be called together upon and asked, we need a logo to represent Plato. Our identity. You will see several of these pieces coming together. And then the professionals will sit down on the basis of our ethnic representations. Mm -hmm. We can now say, okay, this one is representing the 56 ethnic nationalities. So let's put it up as our logo. Mm -hmm. We can have it somewhere when you're coming into Jaws, when you're going out of Jaws. Then we can have, like you said, a visual representation. But one fundamental thing that we need to do on the plateau again is to have a collecting space like a plateau state gallery of art where we can have the representations of all these items. There are a lot of people whose works are with them and in different places because of spaces where they can't even get where they will put them up. So we, I have been advocating for Plateau State Gallery of Art. The Plateau State Gallery of Art encompasses a lot of units. We will have the cultural unit, mm -hmm. we will have the visual unit, we will have the, uh, uh, the historic unit, that is the archival unit, and then we will have the performance unit. Mm -hmm. These will take care of the various branches of the art and we can begin to build on who builds what. What yeah. do we build? How do we immortalize 
plateau heroes at some point in time? How do we immortalize the Bongwam Joss, for instance? Mm-hmm. How do we immortalize the Atang, uh, the Atang of Ganawuri yeah, and no. the rest of them? And so when you have their visual representations, people want to see them. And people, this a lot of, it does a lot of aversion. It averts uh, criminalities and a lot of immoral uh, vices that you think can come up or spring up in a state like Plateau. So the rep- our representation can be accumulated and culminated in a piece of art, just like we had the Mamantabgun, the famous Mamantabgun yeah. terminus. You know, a uh, very beautiful monument. I still revere the artist and the artwork itself. Uh, even the stump that is left to the ground is mm. an artistic piece. If you if you left me, I would clean up that place and secure the roundabout and let the stump stay without necessarily having the Mamantabun there. So there's going to be a history that at some point in time, there was a sculpture piece here and after some time it was brought down and it's no longer there. But this is a stump to represent that something existed here. That is another component to artistic embellishment. Well, just to leverage on your experience, even though you have spoken, you know, about um, the time and place you were at, as at September 7, 2001, yeah. and all, I just wanted to get to you before we move on, on if culture has some barriers, because we're looking at how monuments can, for example, serve as a rallying point, yeah. you know, for people across religions, across culture. Is there any impediment, you know, to that? Um, perhaps you'd help us shed light on that so people can better appreciate what we're talking about. And even if the government is going to come up with things such as this, it will be that, okay, everyone can access this. And, you know, people can meet, share contacts, develop friendships and relationships you know, by virtue of appreciating the beauty of these places. Okay, so whether it is an impediment or... Yes, is, is there anything like, okay, for example, okay. the religion I profess... Does oh, not permit me I, I, to go to a place such as yes. I understand. Well, um, that is what the art does too. Again, art plays uh, several and diverse roles in our belief system. For instance, uh, there are religions that do not permit a figurative representation of a work of art, such as the sculptural pieces, maybe a human figure, but you can have other functional items, you know, represented in that form, but not humans. Um, culture has, has made it very clear that we can represent ourselves in the way we look at different points in time to give us a feeling of how it used to look like. You possibly would have heard of the knock art, for instance. Knock, if you see the knock art pieces, the uh, representation, terracotta. Well, the I terracotta. Prob- <laughs> I have a problem with that name, knock. But knock, go ahead. No, okay, knock terracotta. Well, maybe knock because uh, it, it spans the, the space and demarcation of of where according this work was. According to the British. According to how uh, Frank Willett, you know, yeah. explained it. But then, okay. Now, the terracotta, the knock terracotta or the terracotta piece tells us that humans like this existed before. Any piece of work of art, if you see the Oba Isige uh, 
art, the ivory, uh, what do we call it? The one of the Benin uh, ivory head, the Festac, the one that was used for Festac 1977 was a representation of the the Queen Mother of uh, the Oba Esige's mother who was uh, who championed the war between the, Igal the Igalas and the Bini people. Our culture is in such a way that we can come together, infuse ourselves, interact with ourselves, and avoid any sentiments of war, sentiments of emotional uh, engagement that will result into unnecessary crisis. Even in our religion settings, the Muslim man teaches about peace, the Christian man teaching about peace, and even the animists and the traditionalists teaches peace. In my school, where I schooled, I had Muslims who studied sculpture who also had representational forms. And they will tell you that it is, it is not purely religion, it is cultural. It is according to the culture of a people. Because in Egypt, for instance, there are sculptural pieces of human forms. In Iran, in Iraq, for instance, there are sculptural pieces that tell you this is our art. This is our representation. Including the mummies. Including the mummies. The mummies in Egypt, for instance, yes. And the mummies are telling you, okay, even the story of mummies can be very interesting. You know, the, the Egyptian was so, were so enlightened in their own civilization. They said there was going to be a life after death. That if the sun rose from the east and set in the west, there were people who lived where the sun had set. So these people who are passing on are going to stay with those people, you know, where the sun is shining while the dark, in, you know, it was in their place. So the mummies were mummified. They were preserved. They were embalmed so they could survive the journey and live in the other side of the world. And these are, are Muslim or Islamic nations who also believe that art is, is, is preservatory. Art is cultural. Art is societal. Art is promotional in terms of peaceful coexistence of a people, a story of a people in a place that had lived from a particular time to another time and beyond that time. So, an advantage to us on the plateau, like I said, is the expanse of our, of our intelligence expands of the people that have evolved over time in terms of art. Fonsov said something about leadership. He said something about followership. The people of Plato appreciate art. Once you begin to do the art, you will be shocked at what you get. That will now sum up our peace, home of peace and tourism. Yeah, and well, tourism. Let's open the phone lines. You're going to talk about you know the idea that uh, you have zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven, or call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. We've been having a chat with uh, Mr. Ephraim Dankers. He's a, a painter. He's an artist, basically. And we're looking at you know uh, art and how it can bring healing and social cohesion and tell a story of a people and even inspire a younger generation. And Mr. Ephraim is a doctor, you call Yeah, yeah. No, he hasn't done his defense. Oh. <laughs> if, if he has done his defense all right yeah give us in the view, facebook address log on to jfm in fact in fact let us not hear you 
Log on to JFM at www.jfm live on Facebook and on Twitter JFM just to drop your comments. Let's take the first uh, call. Hello and good evening. Um, good evening. Yeah, turn down the volume of your radio, please. I'm turning around and hide. My name is Samuel. Okay, go ahead. We're listening. Thanks for calling. Yes, um, I'm Igala Mani. I love what you are presenting saying about the Igala and the Jimmy. I know that the world between the Igala and the Jimmy is still 56. The world lasts for one year. I end up between 57, about 500 years back now. So the man just called me now. The story of one year, the case of she was alive. Hello? Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hello? Please turn down the volume of your radio. Yeah, good evening, Ponsard. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Tell us your Yes, um, your guest has spoken very, very well. In fact, I really appreciate what he has said. It appears as if over time we are forgetting where we are coming from and uh, our monuments are being destroyed, whether by civilization or development or whatever. But I think it's high time we went back to those uh, monuments. I want to talk about um, a few things. Now... If you remember very well, in the 80s or thereabout, we had uh, some terracotta heads around uh, Union Bank. Yeah, correct, yeah. Yes. Uh, I think that's supposed to serve as a reminder for us that the knock people were here even before Christ. So that would have gone a long way in reminding people that uh, to debunk the assertion that some people are claiming that they came to Jaws and there were no people, people were living in rocks and, all, and so on and so forth. But we are too quick to forget our history. How I wish those monuments were still there. Again, I want to talk about, I, there was a time I engaged a Hausa man who was uh, doing some carve, carve works around challenge, if you remember very well. Who was a Hausa man? And I asked him how he got to know about this. He told me that he stayed with a Benin man, and he knew how to do all these beautiful carvings. I don't know whether the man is late or whatever happened, and since then, nobody with similar thing. So it's high time we went back to a thing, things like that. And lastly, I want to talk about Professor Luca Bentu. And he just talked about him being the first professor of fine arts in northern Nigeria. In northern Nigeria. What is the Northern Nigeria doing to remember him? If Northern Nigeria cannot remember him, we here on the party, we're supposed to do something much more than just an indoor theater that is hardly functional. Thank you very much, and God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, thought. Yeah, well, uh, Gilbert, maybe you take us through uh, Facebook. On Facebook, and bottom top, Ice King Jim says, um, Good evening, gentlemen, in the studio. Plateau State will be great again by his grace. You're saying, Hapsin Manasseh says, whatever happened, uh, whatever that happened in Plateau, we believe that God is the only comforter and he will heal our souls. May the souls of all our departed brothers and sisters rest in peace. Amen to that. Ezra Ulna says, there needs to be a deliberate overhaul of security structures and personnel trainings and orientations. And also, there needs to be a concerted effort in the administration of justice. 
so far in Aikila says, to restore the socioeconomic well-being and coexistence of the people to be feasible, there is a great need for the judiciary and INEC to do their work very well. A nation cannot be great if our people go to bed with an empty stomach. Tribalism and ethnicity is the major downfall of socioeconomic life in our country, Nigeria. Ambassador Joachim Dung says, despite the challenges we keep facing, Plateau will come out strong. Good evening, my Ogadan cares Ephraim. Omodan Matthew says, religion is the greatest captivity of the depraved black mind. Memory is still fresh in our minds, but healing is ongoing. Peaceful coexistence is a, peace, is a personal and collective responsibility. Usman Musa says, I hate to remember um, the bad memories. 22 years down the line, communities are still segregated. NGOs have done their best. I am of the opinion that government should begin to create new layouts and construct low-cost houses so that people of different tribes and faith can coexist in those places. Schools, especially faith-based ones, should embark on exchange programs among pupils. All right. Well, thank you, Gilbert. Maybe one more phone call, and then our guest will uh, give his... Uh, Good evening, Mr. Bosak. Thank you for calling. Good evening, Mr. Gilbert, and our guest in the studio. Yeah. Well, today in history, my name is Comrade Matt Patrick Okorofra. I'm calling from Blue School here in Anglosa. Thank you for calling. Today in history, the, the water took the water part took the my brother was talking that was due to the late 1980 to 1990 by one of the young man from Quara. Uh, At least his brother is still in Josh. It was a true story of that that my brother was telling us. So that man, that water was fatal. When you are coming to Josh, if you see it in the evening, you'll be very, very happy to say, yes, it's happening. Well, in the future, the young generation will try and bring something back like that. Honestly, it's good for us to remember history. At least people that have laid foundation, solid one for the state, for the country. We should not emulate them. They are role models. It's not a question of history. We just say, this is my tribe, this is my brother, this is my village, this is my, this is my leader. At the end of the day, we turn the whole thing upside down, which is not progress. It's not progress. It not, not bring any progress to the community. Honestly, let us borrow a leaf from the past leaders in this state, in this country. Good evening. Thank you, thank you. Well, uh, Mr. Stephen, please talk to us about uh, the commission and respond uh, to the comment you've heard from the audience. Beautiful uh, observations and comments. I am glad that they followed the, the discussions and so on. Uh, there's this point raised about Luca Bentu, uh, you know, being our major uh, mentor because art is men mentorship, mm-hmm. you know, mentoring people. And Luca Bentu has done that. If you see a lot of what he has done, I remember there were times he was sponsoring some some competitions of art on the plateau, even while he was still teaching in Zaria, and he was making efforts to also establish the Department of Fine Arts in the University of Joss until he died in 1996. He has produced several paintings. And talking about how to immortalize him, there, there are a few times attempts were met to to immortalize Bentu, but the major one we have is a Luca Bentu Indoor Theater, which has not been completed for several years now. That monument is enough to build a memorial for the late Luca Bentu and every lover of art on the plateau. I was thinking about some time ago where I went to visit and see what was happening, and I, I am not... 
I was I was I wasn't I wasn't happy because we expect that the lovers of art will will leverage on that to expand the scope of the beauty of our own existing uh, artistic uh, processes. And like I said, if we want to be deliberate about this, we can we can revamp the art on the plateau and make plateau uh, a hope of tourists of art itself terracotta that terracotta around that uni, uh, union bank roundabout produced by ekong ekong was my senior in school ekong was sick for two weeks immediately after that terracotta sculpture was demolished was brought down and nothing was put in place except I don't I don't even know what exactly that Caesar's is you know there that is signifying I, there's no write up about it there's nothing to say about it and the roundabout is just there. The Mamantabgunda was brought down for instance, uh, produced by one of our artists here. He's still in Joss. When that monument was brought down, he took ill. Somehow, the artist is connected to his own passion and oh, what he has absolutely done. Absolutely correct. Yeah. So, if he has done that, he has done it with the sole intention that a particular person's need will be met. If we return to status quo of Plateau State Home of Peace and Tourism, we will begin to see that we have a lot to bring to bear as a matter of promotion, as a matter of advancing the cause of our economy, cause of our heritage, and cause of our art and culture. None of our tourism uh, sites is functional. <laughs> the most interesting one is the Aso Falls, for instance, if you move to that place. If you go, have you been to Pandam Game Reserve in Kwanpanlo? Yeah. So, which of the tourist sites on the plateau are there for us as attraction? How many people are coming from Abuja to pay visits for tourist uh, satisfaction? Even in our zoos, for example. But today, we every weekend, I can tell you that every weekend, more than 100 plateau state indigents go to Yankari Game Reserve for a tourist relaxation tourism relaxation and they spend millions of naira the money enters into the coffers of Bauchi state government every weekend plateau state people go to calabar thank god the calabar one is already coming down this week but we must be deliberate about building yeah. the culture and the art of plateau thereby we would be revamping our collective sense of appreciation in the industry of art in the industry of creativity no wonder federal government has uh, established the ministry of art and creative economy yeah that is because there is a relevance or there's relevance in what the art does thank you very much uh, mr ephraim thank you. It's really interesting conversation I wish we can go on, but uh, well, this not uh, be not the last time you'll be here. I'm very, very sure about that. We've got to learn things out like Gilbert, mm. you find a word. Yeah, what's a way, what's a time again to remind Plato people of the need to live in peace and, of course, not to travel out of just 
ahead of the 2023 Christmas celebration. Yeah. There's something on the offing, and it's partly deeply connected to what we just discussed. Thank you very Happy much, uh, Gilbert, for that uh, great yeah. reminder. <laughs> well, the news to come your way up of the hour, 6 o'clock. Do have a fantastic evening. Bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. 